0: a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story
1: Connect, the podcast. Helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. What can the latest data teach us about what people are watching? That's what we'll be talking about in this episode of Story Connect, the podcast. I'm your host, once again, Andy Johns from WordSouth, and I'm joined today for the second time uh, by Scott Meyer, who is the Director of Marketing with Innovative Systems. Scott, thanks for joining me. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. So this is your second time being on with us, and I think the second time that you're on, you're no longer a guest. You're a friend of the podcast, so congratulations on that uh, standing with us there. Oh, you know what? I feel privileged and honored. <laughs> You've always wanted to be the friend of a podcast. so um, Well, if you remember, um, back in, uh, I believe it was February, we had done a podcast with Scott about um, some of the data that he had um, from a study that um, uh, that he had done, that Innovative had done. Um, looking at what people were watching on the 60,000 units out there uh, that they've got deployed across rural America. So I want to get into some of the latest um, trends. They've got a new version of that study out uh, reflecting some summer numbers and I want to talk to, uh, about that, and I think that's what people um, uh, will be tuning in for. That was one of the most listened to podcasts we've had this year, so I wanted to be sure to get Scott back on uh, for this one. But before we get into the details of uh, of the trends, if you don't mind, Scott, go ahead and kind of run over what study we're talking about, what data we're talking about, and kind of where you guys collected this information. Sure. Very good. Well, we have a, um,
0: a product, uh, a video middleware product that allows uh, service providers to get channel stats data based on set-top box viewing. And so what I did, oh, it's been about a year ago or so, Andy, I contacted a bunch of our customers, and I was hoping to get maybe, you know, 25 or so companies that would agree to report. And I actually ended up with um, over 55 different reporting locations that have contributed monthly reports from the ChannelStat software in our product. And we're talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of about 60,000 plus set-top boxes. So these these reports are actually what the set-top boxes are tuned to. And this is an IPTV network. So each IPTV channel has a stream so we can correlate the stream with the specific channel ABC, CBS, Discovery or whatever and then the software will take that data and then it will put it into a spreadsheet so then we can pull the reports, and we can see uh, from a quarterly basis or a monthly basis, and it depends on however they want to set the software, we can see then what the most popular channels are. And then I just back out all of the information and put it together into one cumulative report. And that's how we get our quarterly report that we're talking about that I gave to you in February.
1: Excellent. I think I think there are a couple of reasons why this is so valuable. Number one, um, you know, it's... it's it's what's on there. It's not self-reporting. So I would imagine that takes a little bit of the noise out of it. But number two, it focuses on the rural markets, which is something, you know, we've heard over and over again from the folks that we work with at WordSouth that a lot of the data that you see is for either the U.S. as a whole or certain, um, you know, urban DMAs, that sort of thing. So this uh, I think this part, part of why this is valuable is that it does focus on rural. Yeah,
0: that is correct. And, and we certainly, that bears out in some of the stats that we see. Uh, you know, one example is uh, programming that has Western-themed content, like, for example, uh, MeTV, RFD, uh, those types of channels, of uh, Stars Encore Westerns, those all score very well, and obviously you can attribute that to the uh, demographics and rural America.
1: Sure. I should have said at the beginning of the podcast that we're recording here at the NTCA Fall Conference in Denver. Uh, it's kind of the center of the telecom, the rural telecom world this week. Uh, so we're recording on the travel microphone here at the, um, the lobby vendor area of the conference. So it may sound a little bit different than some of the other uh, recordings we've done. Um, but I did want to, uh, while Scott was here, I did want to um, grab him and get some of the information. So um, for the folks that uh, listen to the episode back in February. Um, you know, we talked about some of those those trends, like you talked about. Um, but obviously, this this includes um, some the more recent quarter, I guess. So, what were some of the things, kind of top level stuff, that struck you uh, as a change uh, from the previous uh, quarter until this data? Okay, well, good
0: question, Andy. And 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 so, just this quarterly period covers the months of. Uh, June, July, and August. So really, it would be a good summer quarter. And some of the interesting things that we saw uh, in comparison to the summer of 2018, and this is probably one of the things that got, got my attention the most, is that the numbers normally in summer are quite a bit lower because people have a lot of outdoor activities and things of that nature. But we noticed that the viewership in the summer did not drop as significantly as it did in the summer of 2018. Interesting. Yes, and one of the things that we think we can attribute that to, uh, especially for our reporting points. Of course, we have reporting points from Alaska to New York, and we have a, a fair amount in the Midwest. Has been the weather pattern this summer has been very uh, unfriendly for outdoor activities. Uh, okay. Flooding, you know, uh, tornadoes, lots of things that you know, bugs. <laughs> Lots of things that maybe would keep people from going out and doing their normal activities. So we think overall the numbers were a little bit higher, and we think it had more to do with the, the weather. Now, there were some other things that we found that were somewhat notable this summer, and uh, one of those things was, and, and it's probably kind of hard to explain, but, but people that carry video channels uh, usually carry two different channels for the standard deaf, and the high def. Sure. And so what we're starting to see, and this really started probably like last fall, fall of 2018, we are seeing a lot more viewership on the HD channels. And and this summer quarter, we saw some of the highest jumps in HD channels. So let's say for example, Discovery S D versus Discovery HD. Discovery HD is creeping up to almost being as most more viewed than the Discovery S D okay so we're seeing a lot of that kind of a trend and and one of the things that we think we could probably safely attribute that to yeah let, let's
1: unpack that a little bit this is interesting
0: yes so and you got to go to the retailers the box retailers um, the box retailers you probably can't find an SDTV at a box retailer with a searchlight anymore <laughs> so we believe that the HD TVs, especially considering the fact they have significantly dropped in price point, right. are now becoming more prevalent even in the rural homes. Mm-hmm. So, consequently, people are gravitating towards channel 605 to watch their HD channel versus going to the channel that's number 75, that's the SD channel, because it's just a better picture. Mm-hmm. So you know, one of the things that we've done is, and and vendors should do, is start looking at taking uh, the SD content and maybe just, if they can contractually do so, just offer HD if it's possible, because that's the data is showing that there's more of a gravitation, and it was it wasn't it was extremely strong in the summer of 2019 with this reporting period, and then the only other thing that I think is worth mentioning is. The regional sports channels had a really, really good summer, and I think a lot of that had to do with uh, southeastern United States, with the Atlanta Braves having a great year. I brought my I bought my playoff tickets last week, so yeah, I'm ready. Uh, right on. Uh, Washington Nationals are in the hunt. Uh, the, the Yankees are always strong. With this year, they've had a great year. Right. Uh, them and the Minnesota Twins are on. Ta- they've both broken the record for most home runs in Major League history. Right. And then in the Midwest, uh, Milwaukee Brewers, St. Louis Cardinals, Minnesota Twins, <laughs> Chicago Cubs, all in the hunt. And so the, the um, regional sports channels just had an ex- exponentially uh, strong increase in viewership compared to last summer. So those are some of the key points that we
1: saw in our, our most recent quarterly summer report interesting how the the performance of the teams um would impact that this much but as somebody who's watched a couple of bad braves teams in the last few years i definitely understand you want to tune in when the teams are winning that makes a lot of sense yeah i mean call us weather fans if you want but that <laughs> it is what it
0: is and so we're we're you know i mean were we surprised not really but it does then actually go back to what you had mentioned earlier regarding the a difference between rural America and urban America because what we've seen is rural America really does attach themselves to their local
1: homer sports teams. That makes a lot of sense and especially the markets that you talked about. I mean between the Cardinals, the Braves, the Twins, the Brewers, that's a whole lot of rural America that, that you know is tuned into to those. That's interesting. Well, let's get into um, some of the specific channels now that we've hit some of the, the high points. Um, were there any particular channels that um, either drop significantly, jump significantly, um, that, you know, whether it's seasonal or not, was there anything that you saw um, individual networks um, getting big, uh, a big jump or a big drop?
0: Yeah, well, that's a good question. We'll just kind of start at the top. The, the, the Alphabet Networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, are all consistently staying up there in that top tier. And that, I mean, that's a double-edged sword for our service providers because of retransmission and right. those expenses. But one of the channels that we saw that, that really snuck up on us was Hallmark Drama, which is part of the Crown Media family of channels. And as I'm looking at the data, uh, the, the Crown... The Crown channels, the Hallmark channels, are really, they're together, they're the most uh, viewed cable programs bar none. So they're extremely strong. And I guess the uh, the advice that I would give based on our data from these 60,000 set-top boxes is, is we see there's companies that are just primarily carrying maybe the traditional Hallmark, and they might be carrying like Hallmark movies and mysteries, but they're not carrying the full suite of them. And I would strongly encourage them to take a look at adding those because from what my contacts tell me, Crown Media is a very easy content provider to work with. Uh, their rates aren't outrageous. They're very promotional oriented and easy to easy to touch base with. Um, inspirational TV continues to stay strong. Uh, They've, they've been in top 20 status for five consecutive quarters. Uh, their cost to carry is very, very low. And those of you who know those costs can attest to that. And if you're not carrying Inspiration or INSP, I definitely would encourage you to take a look at that. And then um, the other final one that I saw that was of interest was Paramount Network, uh, continuing to show a steady rise in the ratings. So those are some of the ones that really caught my attention. Paramount uh, Network is not one I'm familiar with. Is that, is that another movie channel? I think it's a movie-themed channel. I really have not had a chance to really delve into it, okay. so I think it is. Okay.
1: Yeah. So the implications of this this study, because um, obviously throwing data at people is great, but I'm assuming you want people to actually use it. So the implications of this, uh, from what you've talked about before, is to look like you talked about with the Crown Networks and say what's being watched versus what, has low cost or um, lower cost relative, Uh, that's kind of how you're helping folks use this data, right? Yeah, that is correct.
0: And and some of our customers that we have that have our software are are much more sophisticated. They'll actually assign a value uh, based on what the cost of that content is versus the viewership based on these channel stats. And then they'll use that in making their decisions and, you know, obviously there's some, some of these channels, if they're attached to a family of channels that they just can't drop, there's nothing they can do about it. But there could conceivably be channels that they aren't contractually obligated to carry that nobody's watching. And with the channel stats software and the data that they can look at, it gives them the confidence say, hey, nobody's, nobody's watching. Nobody's watched this channel for six months, and I'm not obligated to keep it, and it's costing me 20 cents a sub to keep it. Why do I keep it?
1: Right, that's excellent. Well, um, if if somebody missed the first episode that we recorded, there's one particular channel that I wanted to um, to highlight here because it, it seemed to be, to me, it was just very interesting. Um, tell us about Stars Encore Westerns and how it stacks up against some of the others.
0: Well, it's really interesting. Um, that channel, since we started doing the survey in summer 2018, has consistently been, and it's a premium channel, uh, has consistently been in the top 50 every single month. And the top fifty most watched networks, most watched channels. Period. Out of you know, I I I tabulate about 160 channels, and Stars Encore is in the top 50, which is very very good, given the fact that all of the other premiums, HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, none of those channels ever break the top 150. Wow! So this really does speak to a demographic and the rural touch of that particular channel and the other thing that can be correlated with that andy is the fact that we know that the rural america they watch netflix but if you if you delve into that netflix's library of western themed content is is minimal and so these people are looking for that type of content long play content no commercials and that's why it's doing so well
1: Excellent. That's that's good insight on a couple of levels there. Just to reiterate, Stars Encore Western, top 50 every time. All of the other premiums, HBO, all that, never in the top 100 or 150. That's, that's amazing to me, and, that, and that's that's the kind of thing you only get from a study like this, so I appreciate you sharing that with us. That was all that I had on my list to ask you. Is there anything else uh, that you want to share, any other insights, um, anything else that you wanted to uh, share with listeners before we wrap up here?
0: No, but I think we can wrap up with with, uh, encouraging anybody that has a mechanism in place, uh, whoever your video vendor is, uh, you need to, to find out if you can get this data, and you need to look at this data on a monthly basis and share that with people that are making content decisions at your company, because really... If you can take a network that nobody's watching that you aren't stuck with keeping, and you can shave off 25 cents a sub, and all of a sudden you find four, five, six of those that you can do, all of a sudden you're saving two, three, four, five dollars a sub, well, guess what? That brings you into a
1: better perspective with, with um, you know, managing the cost of video. Right. Excellent. That's that gets into real money real quick. So um if there's somebody that's heard this and wants to find out more, or wants to talk to you or, or you know, get into anything of that data with you, how what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? They can just send me an email and you can put that can you post that? Yeah, I can put your email in the, uh, in the show notes, so we'll do that. Well, Scott, thanks for joining me. I appreciate you uh, being back on this episode. Love to have you on again when the new uh, the next quarter data comes out, because I think this is going to be another uh, very well-listened-to episode. So thanks for joining me. All right, well, maybe we'll see you in Phoenix. Hopefully so. He is Scott Meyer. I'm Andy Johns, your host with WordSouth. Uh, Scott is the Director of Marketing at Innovative Systems. Um, and as, uh, yeah. as we always say, until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company.